0: Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. It's March fifth, two thousand eighteen. I'm Charlie Sykes, joined by Andrew Egger and Alice Lloyd of the Weekly Standard. How are you today?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: Well, I'm I'm good. I should explain the weird thing about this podcast because I'm I'm actually in Maui and you're in Washington, DC. So we're we're doing this podcast across five time zones. What could possibly go on? on
2: (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah. It just, it, and by the way, absolutely everybody in Hawaii's got a story about when the uh, ballistic missile alert went off and, and, and what they did.
1: What's the best story so far?
0: Well, you know, mainly what, what struck me is they all have plans now. They all they all have a strategy, what they will do if if the missiles headed for them. You know, number one, hoping that it's one of the other islands because there are so many islands here. Um, see, my theory is basically we're just screwed. But the, the Hawaiians have thought this through now, just, just so you know. Um, Now, I want to talk about uh, last night's Oscars a little bit, but I I did screw up because I did not watch the show because I'd I'd rather have root canal surgery. (laughs) Um, um, Also, this was the year I, I, I watched more Oscar nominees than I ever had before. On the plane here, I watched Get Out, Three Billboards. I saw Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, Coco. The one movie that I didn't see is the one about having sex with the fish man. Oh. So- and so it I'm won't. completely clueless.
1: Yeah. I, so I actually I've, did see that.
0: You okay. did see that. OK, so I you're going to be able to help us out this yes. w- at the, a little bit later. OK, Andrew, uh, let's talk about uh, starting off this week, last week, uh, the White House in chaos. OK, so the White House in chaos. W- why is this different than any other week in which this White House has been in chaos?
2: Well, it's true that there have been a lot of uh, weeks during which the administration was flying by the seat of their pants. And it's almost sort of hard to tell when there's a, a spike of greater chaos even above that. But it definitely last week was was one of the highlights, um, both, both in terms of personnel, uh, with the president's son-in-law and advisor, Jared Kushner, uh, getting knifed from every direction all of a sudden. Um, you know, he, he lost his security clearance. There were all kinds of uh, un- unfortunate news stories going up about him, people leaking about him in the White House, suddenly feeling he was vulnerable. Um, Hope Hicks uh, leaving the White House, who is one of uh, President Trump's most trusted aides, uh, certainly a stabilizing force in there. And then on policy as well, uh, it was was just a really nutty week with uh, starting out with uh, the the leftovers of the week before about uh, gun control and school safety following the Parkland shooting um, with President Trump proposing, you know, 19 different policies at different points in time and, you know, going back and forth and saying that Republican politicians were purchased. By the NRA and afraid of the NRA, and then and then you know meeting with the NRA in the Oval Office and agreeing with uh, NRA talking points at one point and agreeing with uh, Democratic senators' proposals at other points. And then you know to cap all that off, that all got shoved to the side uh, at the end of the week by this new tariff announcement. That that now we're putting in new uh, new big tariffs on imported steel and aluminum, and the White House uh, doesn't really know uh, exactly what those are going to look like yet. They're still working through the details, but the announcement's out there there and even you know even this weekend uh, the president's own allies on trade you know were hedging their bets on the sunday shows saying you know well he could he could change his mind if he changes his mind he changes his mind uh, by the end of this week
0: um, so it's even his own closest. That was a classic moment. A classic moment of the Trump administration. You know, might change his mind? Well, whatever. Wilbur Ross, by the way, what a what a great image for this administration. My favorite image of the week was Wilbur Ross uh, on one of the cable shows, holding up a can of Campbell's soup, explaining as a what he's a billionaire, explaining that <clears throat> nobody's going to notice the uh, the price increase of a, of a of a can of soup. I mean, that that's going to be that's going to be one of the iconic uh, images of the Trump administration. Right. Right.
2: Yeah, and, we'll, and time will tell about the the price of soup and beer. You know, over over the weekend, he was he seemed pretty confident that that uh, uh, on Meet the Press that, that there is going to be no significant price changes there. And you know, uh, Chuck Todd uh, counted rightly that that's assuming that you know other countries don't retaliate with fur- further measures of of their own on on our, our
0: our goods that we're exporting. So we'll have to see what happens on all of that. Uh, okay, a couple of things. First of all, I'm just you know looking around at the at the, at the various reactions. Have any Republicans, any Republican leaders, prominent Republicans endorsed this tariff move? I, I ask this because you know, we, we've seen over the last year or so that Republicans generally roll over for most of the things the Trump White House done has done. But I am not seeing much rep- uh, support among Republicans for this particular consumer tax.
2: Well, I certainly haven't gone ga- gone down the list, um, but uh-huh. there is, you know, you're you're right. There's been a lot more pushback than we've seen on a lot of these other other measures, both from the sort of conservative wing of the party, with senators like Mike Lee coming out against it, uh, and even from, you know, the uh, leadership in the Senate. Uh, Orrin Hatch uh, last week said it was, you know, the, this new tariff was a, a really bad idea. He 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 uh, threw, you know, some unnamed advisor under the bus. He said whoever whoever you know talked Trump into this essentially needs to be reprimanded, although there's no reason to believe it. it wasn't just you know Trump making this decision since this has been a signature issue of his for for years now.
0: Yeah, there's a great piece up on the uh, weekly standard website by Keith Hennessy where he just walks through you know what what this means. in addition to harming Americans who buy and build appliances, vehicles, and containers. Trump's import tariffs target other Americans for harm. Farm equipment will cost more. Homes and office buildings will be more expensive to build, buy, and rent. Bridges, rails, and tunnels will cost more. So will cell towers, pipelines, power plants, and water pumping stations. Agriculture Secretary Perdue and Transportation Secretary Chow cannot ignore these costs even if Commerce Secretary Ross does. Um, and of course, there's already reports that the European Union is going to go after Harley Davidson. I'm a Wisconsin guy. We would just get hammered by this, by the way. They're going after Jim Beam and and other countries. So, you know, Alice, feel free to weigh in on all of this. I, I, I just found this kind of an odd moment, particularly as you as you as you find out that apparently they didn't have any paperwork. They don't have the details. They don't know whether they're going to exempt our allies. Uh, it's just it just seems like an impulsive move by even even by the impulsive standards of the trump administration
1: My my one um addition here is that we just had our our start of the week meeting here's just a little bit of insight into how the sausage is made at the weekly standard and um one of our capitol hill reporters Haley bird um, i believe said that she is going to be asking republican lawmakers today these very questions so charlie you just said mm-hmm. um, now, have we run down the list? Do we have comment from them on? And we don't, um, but we will. So, so stay tuned and read the Weekly Standard, please.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought that <laughs> some some of the reporting by about Paul Ryan that he was distraught by all of this. Now, I actually said something that was wrong in the long list of things that I have been wrong about. When I was talking with Bill Kristol on this podcast on Friday, I was sort of bemoaning the fact that. Free market economists for years had been losing this argument, uh, losing the argument about why free markets, global markets actually were a good idea, particularly when you're talking with people who have been uh, displaced by it. But I had two takeaways from this, just watching the way this played out. Number one, I think the Republicans. We actually winning, and you feel free to agree or disagree. Here. I think the Republicans were winning the messaging war on the tax cuts and on the economy. This was the one thing that they had going for themselves going into the midterm elections that you know people were noticing that their paychecks were were bigger, that uh, the you know massive tax cut. Almost all of the reporting on the economy talked about the the optimism, the uh, global growth of the economy. And now with this one move, Trump has flipped the switch. And that leads to, I mean, flip the the, the script on, you know, the danger to the economy, the fact that this is a massive tax increase uh, on uh, on American consumers, which leads my second point, which was I think over the last week we have from a free market, conservative free market point of view. We have seen the media educate the public about the dangers of protectionism and the real nature of tariffs more than than I think I've I've seen in the last 30 years. This is one of those teachable moments where suddenly even the front page of The New York Times is explaining why tariffs are not a good idea you're you're and i think this is one of the reasons why republicans are just tearing their hair out over this one
2: well and, and certainly president trump's advisors you know tried to make it a teachable moment uh, even for him you know that that was what you've been saying is exactly what what they they reportedly said said to him repeatedly that, that you know the economy is his strongest message, and these tariffs are, are likely to hurt it. Um, but President Trump appears to just you know believe so strongly as an article of faith uh, that that these trade deficits are just emphatically and unequivocally bad, um, and and has you know faith that he uh, as a deal maker can can you know renegotiate and rejigger and even you know come out the victor of a trade war um, that he seems to have been willing to roll the dice. So I mean it's it's a uh, it's certainly going to be a, a, a nutty few few months if if this all goes the way uh, the President Trump seems to be uh, okay with allowing it to go.
0: And the Chinese are really not the problem. Uh, this looks like it's gonna be slamming our allies uh, more than anybody else, including the Canadians. And of course raises the question, what, how, what now happens with the NAFTA negotiations, which would have a massive impact uh, on the American economy. You know, I did notice uh, that some of the reaction uh, from De- some Democrats who who praise this, and including Democrats from Ohio, because they still make steel there. But you look throughout the rest of the industrial m- Midwest, and there are far more steel and aluminum consumers than there are producers. So uh, in, ter- in, in terms of you know, take the buzzkill on the economy, the line on the the economy has just changed because for the very first time, and I guess I'm coming back to this because, you know, as a, as a talk show host for 20 years, I argued about tariffs and always felt that I was going uphill. For the first time in, in a long time, I'm hearing people, just average people talking about these tariffs. And translating this into realizing that that basically what you have done is you've imposed a tax on every American that buys stuff, that everything now becomes more expensive, which to, which to say that that is off message from what the Republicans have been saying is putting it mildly is, is a, I mean a, a dramatic shift on this. So anybody want to take a, a guess on, on whether or not he's going to back off on this at all over the next uh, several days? Oh, it's so hard to guess what President (laughs) Trump's going to do at any point in time.
2: I I think that, you know... Obviously, if even Wilbur Ross and Peter Navarro are are unsure, then perhaps that's reason to you know hold your horses on it a little bit. But at the same time, this has been one of the issues that Trump has been most consistent on um, for essentially his entire business career, for uh, all through the campaign, and even in his rhetoric, if not in his policy, for the entire time he's been in the White House. So um, I, I I would certainly think it's more likely that he stays the course uh, than that he he changes his mind because you know all he knew all of these uh these negatives that 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 we've been talking about uh before he made the decision you know his his advisors had been telling them but he he decided to go with the go with that anyway he trusted his gut um and that, so far we've seen no reason to think that uh that's going to change
0: Alice, you want to go out on the limb on this one
1: well i think now that andrew has um you know put his foot down made his firm prediction um he's probably wrong <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 uh and we can't uh ever trust this president to stick to his guns, right? To mix metaphors. That's okay. fair.
0: <laughs> Well the the one thing that and, and Andrew did did make this point we we've, we've joked in the past actually it's not a joke it's 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 an observation that that Trump will often say whatever the last person in the room you know s- said right. this this is an exception to this this is something that he has believed for a very very long time and was very consistent during the campaign talking about tariffs talking about the need to you know, retaliate against uh, against our trading partners and by the way if I could have just have a, a small rant if somebody could figure out What the hell happened with Hugh Hewitt over the weekend where he (laughs) did you see this where he tweeted out like, you know, no one had any idea that he would do this. I mean, if if he had said this during the campaign, there would have been massive pushback. And um, everybody in the universe basically said, what the hell are you talking about? There was not a single speech. There was not a single interview that Donald Trump gave during 2015 or 2016 in which he did not talk about raising the tariffs. This is the in many ways the least surprising thing that he's done since he became president.
2: Well, well, he's how been on he's been on vacation for a uh, for for a week or so. So maybe maybe you can just chalk that up to him, you know, being a little rusty coming back. Uh,
0: that, that's that's about the only thing. But then again, <laughs> you had to uh, you know you, you had to have missed pretty much most of the campaign. Hey, why don't we have a shout out to uh, to one of our uh, sponsors, Away Travel? Your luggage should not cost more than your plane ticket. Uh, we have a very very special offer for listeners of this podcast for twenty dollars off. One of the away travel suitcases. I'm going to tell you about that in a moment. Visit away, tra- uh, I'm sorry, awaytravel.com standard 20, standard 20. Use promo code standard 20 during the checkout. Now, these are special suitcases. They're made with premium German polycarbonate. They are, they are strong. They have tremendous impact resistance and are very lightweight. And if you travel as much as I do, you know how much you begin to appreciate that. You know, there are four 360-degree spinner wheels, um, which guarantee you a smooth ride. TSA-approved combination locks built into the top of the bag to prevent theft. Removable, washable laundry bags. Keep dirty clothes clean from the separate one. There's free shipping on any away order within the lower 48 states. And there's a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they will fix or replace it for you for life. 100-day, a 100-day trial. Live with it. Travel with it, Instagram it, anything. If at any point you don't want it, you can return it for a full refund. No questions asked. So one more time, that is awaytravel.com, Standard 20. Use promo code Standard 20 at checkout for $20 off any suitcase. And you can do that today. Okay, from um, the ridiculous to the sublime or maybe the other way around, Um uh, Alice, you watched the Oscars so that the rest of us didn't have to. By the way, how long did it go last night?
1: Oh, um, I, it def- I mean, it's, it started at eight, and they promised it would end at eleven, um, and it and it and it went well after that. Um, I, I think it might have been shorter than in years past. I don't know. I don't watch every year. Um, but there, felt but there endless. was a running gag about. Well, it was boring. That's probably why. Um, and and it was funny because there was a running gag about you know keep your acceptance speech short and you'll win this. Um, what was it? Um, uh, jet, a jet sk- ski. A jet ride, ski. Right? Yeah, you'll win a jet <laughs> ski. Um, and and yet the montages seemed exceptionally long, and the musical numbers dragged. Um, and And there was this really silly stunt where the the host it was it was Jimmy Kimmel who's been who's been, had sort of his self serious running political commentary throughout the year um brought everybody across the street to um the the Chinese theater where there was an audience watching um uh, the big Disney movie the Madeleine Langle book wrinkle in wrinkle time, in time. Mm-hmm. um and, and he, he brought stars to thank normal people for going to the movies. And it was really pathetic because it was just like <laughs> an acknowledgement of the fact that nobody goes to the movies anymore. And, and this whole ceremony is just sort of like a sad, empty homage to back when Hollywood was great. I don't know. I <laughs> thought that was the proof that this was like... Probably the worst Oscars ever, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'm still sad well, tw- about that. Tw- Twitter
0: is exploding, of course, with conservatives who are, who are saying, you know, that Hollywood took off the mask as if it had any mask, and and that you know that this was unusually obnoxious in terms of the politics. So, so any moments of particular obnoxiousness or inspiration that, that hit you, Alice?
1: Well, we knew that it would be an exceptionally political one, so that was predictable. I think um, what was also predictable is that we we naturally have to these days move beyond you know pure feminism or or pure you know anti-racism and kind of do this like enlightened mashup of of including everyone and so what tickled me until i realized actually that i was forgetting something about the the best picture winner shape of water was that this this um kind of documentary slash montage that ashley judd and selma hayek and um and I think her name is Annabella Sciorra. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, women who each were instrumental in sort of making sure that the Weinstein scandal became this massive industry reckoning that's, you know touched every part of we we all you know what I'm talking about. Me Too movement, the Time's Up initiative, all that stuff. Um, they they presented um, this this film, and and then and and, and it, it touched on. Um, you know, uh, sexism and, and, you know, predatory behavior and all that, but also fair equal representation of races. And then it had scenes from shape of water. And, and because I guess, Mm. because I was forgetting that the heroine, um, is deaf and that her, uh, best friend is a gay man. I was just thinking now, are we also including fish people in, (laughs) in, in our, in our, in our enlightened acceptance, um, which did, I don't know, which for me just kind of just just underlines the occasional elements of the ridiculous that you have to tiptoe toward when um, when when you're when you're when you're including. everyone. so anyway, anyway, so there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that sort of like um, vague do gooding attitude, which which is to be
0: expected. Yeah, but Kobe Bryant won best short film. Yeah, that
1: was weird. Yeah.
0: Okay, how weird is this? I mean, the guy was accused of sexual assault fifteen in 2003, years ago, and everybody's yeah. saying, "Well, okay, no, no, no Kobe's that, that's different. That's you know well, times." Well, he's played up a lot of good for, basketball since then.
1: Yeah, and, and he went after Laura Ingram, I think, a little bit in his speech. Uh, so, so, you know, you got you pick your enemy. You know, you can't. Are are you mad that he was 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 accused of rape, or 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 can you forgive him because he goes after Laura Ingram? No
0: yeah that's, uh, <laughs> it, it's a toss up. So right, so right. how many of these movies did you watch? Andrew, did you see any of the the Oscar nominated movies? I don't believe I saw, that, I saw everyone except the, uh, the the Fish Sex movie. I don't think
2: I saw any any of the nominees for Best Picture. The one that I did see uh, that I liked a lot was I Tanya, for which Margot Robbie oh. was nominated for oh. uh, Best Actress. Did, I don't assume that's, she won. That's the
1: one that I didn't see. Allison Janney won for that film, and what was kind of cool Margot is Robbie that Robbie should have won. Uh, that Allison, well, I th- I thought Laurie Metcalf should have won. For for Lady Bird, Lady Bird was the one that I really loved, and I don't think it won anything.
0: Um, uh, yeah, I, I I thought Lady Bird was going to win a lot more than it I did. Know, I actually did too. watch Lady Bird. I forgot yeah. that I did not see I Tonya. That's the other one that I didn't see. Um, but, but I want to uh, see. You know, okay. I, here here here's a completely um unpopular opinion. Please. contrarian.
1: I love those
0: ca- counter in, intuitive point, and I'm prepared to be refuted at every single level of this. Okay. I was struck by watching some of the some some of these movies, and and again, you have to be selective. Maybe I wanted to believe this. I might as well get to my point, right? That some of them actually are very profoundly conservative. You know, Coco, the very end of Coco, and without being you know, spoiler alerts, you know, the affirmation of of family and of tradition. Uh, even Ladybird at the very, very end, you know, despite the fact that it's 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 very countercultural up until the very, very end. And again, I don't want to give any spoiler alert. There is there is there are elements there that are even in in an unusually politically correct year that are kind of affirmations of conservative values. So, Alice, am I completely full of it? Did you pick up any of this? I had the
1: exact... I didn't see Coco. I had the exact same thought about Lady Bird, which is part of the reason that I... I mean, that I loved it so much. She ends up... And I don't think this is a spoiler. She ends up sort of seeking a kind of a refuge in a city church, in what looks like a great old Episcopal church, or maybe it's a Catholic Mm -hmm. church or something. And I just... I mean I thought okay this is the perfect movie but 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 the thing is that, that
0: um, I, and, think, and I, mean, calls I think her it, I think it
1: proves right I know and she said from the red carpet too like they were like what do you want to tell the viewers at home and she said be nice to your mom Greta Gerwig did the director writer mm-hmm. Um And and I mean, I I mean, I I think I think it just proves that once you've had this this actually I have a story on the sort of sort of on the women's movement um, or on, uh, you know, women in the world or whatever. That's that's coming out online tomorrow. And a big a big point that we make in that story, too. I say we because I work closely with an Mm. editor on it (laughs) Um, is that is that is that once life kind of puts you through the ringer a little bit, you do. Fundamentally, realize just the the value of um of, of family and living sort of like living rightly in accordance with social institutions as they're meant to be or whatever. Um, you know, you realize that 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 the institution of family is the way it is for a reason because I don't know.
0: Oh, well, I'm I'm because looking because forward right to seeing this because I, that, I, I, I think, thought I you guys that, were going to just push back and say that I was a complete outlier on no, all of this. No, I
1: mean I think that good mer- good movies like like Good Lives just sort of affirm. Good things, yeah. That, that, that was articulate.
0: <laughs> well, no, I'm gonna have to go back and, and watch the movies that I that I actually did did not see. Um, hey, thanks for uh, joining me. I appreciate it very very much. And thanks for listening to the daily podcast. We will be back and we'll be doing this all over again tomorrow.